Welcome to Practical Christian Living. Now God takes me, someone who can't read. I learned to read by studying the Bible. I put in Chuck Smith tapes. I would listen to him read and teach the Bible and I would read along with it and that's how I learned to read, okay? Now God takes someone who can't read and says, I want you to be a Bible teacher. I want you to stand up in front of people and read the Bible to them. <laughs> that's how God works. And isn't that awesome? God doesn't look for the most talented among us because He wants all the glory for a job well done. Oh no, instead, He looks for humble, willing hearts and weaknesses that only He can perfect to accomplish great things for His kingdom. We conclude our message in Hebrews chapter 5, verses 11 through 14 with Robert Furrow, pastor of Calvary, Tucson. Paul says, Redeem the time because the days are short. Before we know it, it'll be time for us to go into the presence of God. Redeem the days that you have. Grow up, mature in the Lord. Learn those things, not the basic elements, the basic principles of how you're born again. They, had, they were believing that you return to sacrifices and days and, and, sa and these, they were believing you do that to be saved. Paul was like, we got to go back to John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes on him will not perish but have everlasting life. That's the most common verse there is out there. It's the verse most people know. And, and the principle there is the very one they violated. They were saying, whoever joins the temple, whoever gives sacrifices, whoever uh, is circumcised, whoever goes through the ceremonies in the temple, they have eternal life. The very basic principles of salvation, which it is by faith through grace. It's not of any work you can do. Therefore, you can't boast. You can't get any more basic than that. Every Christian here, whether a day old or 20 years old or 30 years old in the Lord ought to know that so that when someone comes along and says, listen, you've got to go to church on Saturday in order to be saved. You've got to be baptized by our group of people in order to be saved or you've got to be baptized in order to be saved or you've got to, uh, you've got to speak in tongues in order to be saved. Every person in here should be able to immediately go eh, wrong because the very basic element of the principles is salvation by faith. It's the very thing they had violated. That must have been really frustrating to Paul. You can't get anything that's any simpler than how do you enter the kingdom of God? John 1, uh, I think it's verse 20, 20 something says, if you receive him, he gives you the power to become a child to any who believe on his name. It's by believing and receiving. Jesus said, if you believe in me, you will not die. And even if you do die, you shall live if, what did he say? You believe in me. These are the very basic principles that they had violated and it was frustrating. So if we can get that solid foundation, if we can learn those very basic principles, then you can go on to be the person God wants to use because God has a call on all of our lives. We are the salt and we are the light of the earth. God has chosen you to be an ambassador for him. Every person in this room, not me, I equip the saints for the work of the ministry. I get to go alongside of you shoulder to shoulder, but you realize you guys are the ones that are being equipped to do the work. My job as a pastor is to see you guys equipped 
And then like a salt shaker, you're shaken out into this world and you shine as light and people end up coming to Christ because of the work that you do as ministers. Okay, so, so they had these basic principles. They needed someone to teach them again. Some of us are there. Some of us don't really know those basic principles and we need to learn them. We've got to get them, do what we've got to do. We really have no excuses. We have more access to good, solid Bible teaching today than at any other time in history. Now, he goes on and gives them the third cold, hard truth. Uh, there at the end of verse 12, he says, for the, by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God and you have come to need milk and not solid food. He says, you guys just need to, you're, you're, you're sitting around drinking milk because I got to come back and give you milk again. You guys are mature. It's like, have you ever felt like your husband is immature? You ever felt like setting him up a table of baby food, little carrots and peas and applesauce? He comes home and says, uh, what's for dinner? Well, we got your baby food set up because you're a baby. Well, that's the way Paul felt. You guys need milk again. I ought to be giving you meat. I ought to be talking to you about Melchizedek. Okay, that's meat. All right. I want to be able to really get into this, but you guys aren't going to be able to chew this stuff up because I've got to go back to the very basic principles. Jesus died so you could have eternal life. He paid the price so you don't have to. There's nothing bad, wrong about that, that teaching. It's just basic. It's just the basics. It's what we need to know and understand. It's what we need to have. And it is the milk of the Word of God. Now, if you're a new Christian, then enjoy that milk. It's okay for you. If you first come to Christ, take the milk of the word, learn these things, learn them well, but know that you need to come to the place of meat. You need to get to the place where you're receiving the things, the deep things of the word of God. And, and this is where, where false teachers get you because they, they get to an area where it's more meaty and they twist and they manipulate and, and then people don't really have a good discernment or understanding of what's being said there because they haven't really gotten into the meat of the Word of God at all. You've got to maybe have the basics down. You're, you're getting milk all the time, but you don't have the good, solid aspects of the Word of God down. And so when someone starts to tell you something, you go, oh, that's interesting. I'm under a generational curse. Really? Wow. Well, I always knew there was some. Oh, I'm possessed by a demon. Oh, I always knew there was something that was wrong. And I'll tell you what, I think we hear this stuff so often that we go, oh, man, no one's going to believe they do. People fall into this stuff. People start going, oh, yeah, I, I, do, I do need that. Oh, if I give to, to that television evangelist, then I'm going to get rich? Really? He's got a hundredfold blessing in there. And so if I give to him, then I'm going to... And, and Christians do it. That's the reason they're out there. That's the reason they're doing it. Because Christians are like, wow, I never heard. Pastor Robert never told me that. I'm going to go ahead and give him some money because I know then I'm going to get rich. If I give them money... And because we haven't taken in the meat of the word of God and Paul, he's frustrated because he's got to go back to the milk. And so the third cold hard truth was you guys need milk again and not solid food. Then the fourth is in verse 13. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness. He is a babe, is unskilled in the word of righteousness. When we mature, we learn God's word. We are skilled in the word of God. What is being skilled in God's word? It's when a topic comes up and you are not now going to give your opinion. You are now going to give what the Bible says. I, I love Pastor Chuck Smith Bible and Answer program every day called the Pastor's Perspective. 
You can look that up, by the way. You just look at pastor's perspective and you can go and you can listen to it. It's a good way to learn and grow. It's something that you can add to just the questions people call in with and just hear how he answers it. And I'm going to tell you how Pastor Chuck answers the questions. He's got a lot of experience, okay? He's got a lot of opinions. If you sit down and talk with him and say, can you give me your opinion about this? What do you think this says? It's hard for him not to do this. Somebody calls up in the Bible and they ask him a question and he goes, uh, somebody maybe calls up and says, do you think that when you die, you sleep or do you think you go directly into the presence of God? Okay, that, that could be a question that someone calls up and asks. Here's how Pastor Chuck answers it. A little bit of a pause because he always does, okay? Then he goes, well, the Bible says that when Jesus was on the cross that he said to the thief on the cross, today you will be with me in paradise. So, and that's what he does. Doesn't give you his opinion. He goes right to the Bible and he gives you quotes from the Bible. And then he'll go from that place. And then, and then in Philippians, Paul said, for me to live is Christ, but to die is gain. And he'll go on to another one. And then and he'll go to another place. So that, see, Pastor Chuck is skilled in the word of righteousness. He's not giving a bunch of opinions. He's not saying, well, I'll tell you what I think. He goes right to the Bible. This is what the Bible says. And this is what, and trust me, go listen to it. Go listen to pastor's perspective. And that's what he does every time. He goes back to what the Bible says to be able to do it. And I, and I love that. That's being skilled in the word of God. Now, skilled is different than gifted and talented. There are those of you here that are talented in many areas. Some of you, and then there's the rest of us, okay? We don't have any talents at all. Actually, I could, I'm, I'm fairly artistic. I could draw, um, kind of a pretty good eye for things. And I, but my grades when I was in junior high were all incompletes. It was back in the days when they tried to not give people Fs because they thought it hurt our self-esteem. Uh, and so they gave you completes and incompletes. You guys remember that? I was all incompletes except for art and PE. And I had, because all you had to do was show up for PE. They couldn't judge you because you're not athletic like I was. So they gave you a complete if you were there. So I got all incompletes and everything else except for art and PE. And I got completes on those. And when we did get grades, I always got A's in art. My son, my 18-year-old, has a talent in music. He plays piano, bass, guitar, ukulele, um, violin. And he picks them up, messes with them a little bit, and can play them. Except for the violin, he's had to work a little bit harder at the violin. It's been a little bit more difficult for him. But he's talented in that. A talent is when you, something that you just, you're, you're, you're bent towards it. And I've always tried to tell my children, listen, when you're going to do things in life, do things that, are, that you're talented in. Find something you're good at and then really center around that. Don't find something you're not good at. It was like when I tried to learn to play the guitar. To this day, I could play the chords. But when I do, people say, give me the, please give me the ticket. Please stop. Because <laughs> I'm not talented musically. Now, God uses our talents and, and praise God for that. He uses our talents and we want to give our talents to him and talents are given by God. And so we say, Lord, take our talents and use it. But when God gifts us by the Holy Spirit, he often gifts us in our weaknesses, not in our talents. You, you think, well, I'm really talented in this area. So God, I'm talented in art. So God would use me in the area of the, in the art world within the, And God doesn't use me that way. He did in the beginning. I, I made all of our bulletin covers. I did all of that stuff in the very beginning, but I, I, I don't anymore. But I used to, but God instead took one of my weaknesses. When I was in high school, I had such bad grades. I'm telling you guys, I had, had really bad grades all through school. The reason that I had really bad grades, and of course I was in Albuquerque, and Albuquerque has one of the poorest, you know, um, educational systems that there is, so I could blame it on that. But the real truth is, is I couldn't read. And it took them years to identify that. I was in high school before they finally realized this kid can't read. 
I would sit there when I was supposed to be reading a thing and I would look at the clock. When everybody else would turn a page, I'd turn a page. <laughs> Teachers would always say to my parents, I, I don't understand Robert. He seems bright enough, but he just doesn't get anything. He just fails everything. Um, that, why was that? You guys have a kid like that? If anybody says about that, he seems like bright enough, but there's something wrong, something loose up there, uh, which is really what they were saying about me. Now, God takes me, someone who can't read. I learned to read by studying the Bible. I put in Chuck Smith tapes. I would listen to him read and teach the Bible, and I would read along with it, and that's how I learned to read, okay? Now, God takes someone who can't read and says, I want you to be a Bible teacher. I want you to stand up in front of people and read the Bible to them. <laughs> that's how God works. And isn't that awesome? There's another example of that, and I love this example. One of the most eloquent speakers, teachers, Bible teachers of our day is Charles Swindoll. Insight for living. I, I get so much from him. He is such an eloquent speaker. He's a great writer. He chooses his words uh, in such a great way. Do you know that when Charles Swindoll was a kid, he stuttered and that he had to go through therapy to learn not to stutter? See, that's not, he wasn't talented in speaking. He wasn't talented in public speaking. If you know anything about stuttering, stuttering gets worse when you're under pressure. When you find yourself in a situation that you're not comfortable with, the stuttering grows worse. So God says to someone who stutters, I want you to be one of the premier Bible teachers in the, in the world during your lifetime. I want to use you in that way to help prepare a generation to be able to stand for me. And so God takes a guy that stutters and does that. So there's, there's talents and we give talents to God. Then there's giftings, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, which often are opposite of our talents. God uses our weaknesses for his strength. And then there's skill. That's where we're at with our text. He says, you're not skilled. You're unskilled in the word of righteousness. Skill is when you work hard. It's not gifting. There's no one that is born again and all of a sudden knows all the scriptures, where they are. Ask me any question. Boom, 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 boom. I'll give it to you. There's no one like that. You have to become skilled. Every person has to become skilled in the word of righteousness. Steve Largent was a wide receiver for the Seattle Seahawks. He was chosen 117th in the third round of the 1976 draft. He was slow NFL standards, okay? I'm sure if I had a foot race with him, he would kill me, okay? He was fast, but compared to wide receivers, there's two things you want in a wide receiver. The number one is speed. Number two is, someone last night said speed, and I like that better than my answer. But number one is speed. He's got to be able to go and, and outrun the coverage. But he also needs good hands, okay? He's got to be a guy that can catch the football. Steve Largent had great hands, okay? That's why for 17 years he played in the NFL and he, he broke all kinds of records as a wide receiver, but he wasn't quick. And so he had to learn how to be skilled. He had to really work on what's coverage and how do I trick these guys that are trying to cover, cover me and what do I need to do to be able to get myself open so I can catch the football. And seven or eight years into the NFL, when he had begun to break records and it was obvious that he was gonna, that he was a superstar, uh, he said that every year, young men would come in that were chosen in the draft who were far more talented than him. They were faster than him. They had better hands than him. They were far more talented. But he said this, none of them are going to outwork me. I'm not going to allow that to happen. He said, I work harder than any of them. I'm going to say this about Steve Largent. Those guys that were coming in, those 22-year-olds, 23-year-olds that were coming into the draft, they were, they were talented, but Steve Largent was skilled. That was the difference. He'd worked hard to become skilled. Those guys came in with their talent. Talent is good, but skill is better. So we want to become skilled in the Word of God. And this means we've got to work at it. We've got to be reading our Bible. We've got to do what you guys are doing right now. We've got to go to Bible studies. 
We gotta, we gotta hear what the word of God says. We need to pick it apart. We need to memorize it. I have a app on my iPad and my phone, which is called, uh, it's from NavPress. It's called Bible Verse. And when I'm sitting around sometimes and I just don't, I'll click on it and I'll start to go over verses I've already memorized, but just check them again. And you know what I, I'm surprised at? I memorized these 30 years ago. Maybe I shouldn't be surprised at it. How many of them I get wrong? I click on it and I go back and I'm like, I memorized that when I was, you know, 22 years old. And, and I, I, now I, you know, I'm getting it wrong. And so it's good. Use the tools that we've got. Memorize. Listen, memorize 100 verses. Memorize them. If you memorized 100 verses, if you said in the next couple years, I'm going to memorize 100 verses, those verses will stick with you your entire life. And when topics come up that, that you don't know about, you're going to go, oh yeah, it says that when we come to Christ, we're a new creation. So yeah, and you're going to have the answers that you need once you begin to memorize it. Read the Bible on a regular basis, not because you have to, but because you love God and you want to know him and you're getting skilled in, in the word of righteousness. And as a new Christian, you may struggle with that a little bit. When I was 12 years old, my mom was really frustrated with me because I never brushed my teeth. My teeth were yellow. I had a film on them. My mother would say to me, if you don't go brush your teeth, I'm taking you in there and I'm going to brush them for you. Now, nobody has to do that for me anymore. All right. When I get out of the shower, I wait to brush my teeth off. I get out of the shower. I get out of the shower and there's just something wrong. Mm, I need to brush my teeth. Okay. Praise God. I finally began to brush my teeth on my own. All right. Which is one of the reasons I still have them in my head. Something happened along the way that I said, I need to do this. Uh, for I need, you know, for whatever reasons, because people are running from me when I talk to them. I need to do this. When you're, you know, you're 12 years old, not brushing your teeth. When you're 16 and you want to, you know, meet a girl, you brush your teeth. It starts to happen. But, so the same is true with the Word of God. You read it and when you're first Christian, you go, oh, I don't understand it completely. I'm a little lost here. It's all right. It's all right. It's, it's God's word and you love God, keep reading it and it's going to start to stick. You're going to start to learn it. You're going to become skilled in the word of God. And then when someone comes along and says, you're under a biblical, you know, a family curse, you can go, Tch. the Bible says that we have been set free from the curse. And when someone comes along and says, you can be, you, you, maybe you're demon possessed. That's why you got these problems, got a demon and you can go, uh, the Bible says that if anyone's in Christ, the evil one cannot touch him. The Bible says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Not greater is he that is in you than he that is in you. Satan is in the world and Christ is in me and I am not demon possessed. You'll be, you're skilled in the word of righteousness. You're able to know what it says. All right. The final cold, hard truth. And how much time do I have to take care of that? Two minutes. All right. The final cold, hard truth is in verse 14. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age. That is those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. The last cold hard truth is in the area of discernment. You guys don't have discernment. They didn't have discernment because when these false teachers came on the scene, they didn't know that something was wrong. Now, unlike being skilled, there's no shortcuts to being skilled in the, the word of righteousness. You just got to do the work. You got to become a spiritual Steve Largent. You got to go, I'm going to memorize the Bible. I'm going to read it. I'm going to go to Bible studies. I'm going to ask questions. I'm going to learn and I'm going to grow. There's no shortcut to that. Discernment, however, is different. There are people who have the gift of discernment. The moment they're born again, when something's wrong, they immediately go, oh, I don't know. There are some people that are more discerning than others. I don't know if it's a gift from God. I, there's, I believe, a gift of discernment. But there are some people that just are more discerning. 
that maybe are more skeptical by nature. And so when someone begins to say something about demon possession or to use the examples I've used, you know, um, generational curses or, or that you're rich if you give money to this evangelist that, you know, if you give money to Benny Hinn, you'll be a millionaire. You, that you just go, eh, I don't think so. Maybe you're a brand new Christian and you just go, something isn't right. I've also discovered that to me, gals seem to have better discernment than guys. I don't know why that's the case. Maybe it's just my experience with my wife. But discernment also comes as you use it. What does it say there in the text? By matter of use, having exercised for discernment. So that you use it. You, you say, is that right? Is that wrong? Is that person right? Is that person wrong? Is what they're saying right or wrong? Is there any depth in what they're saying? Should I be listening to this person? Should I not be listening to this person? It's like the Bereans the Bible says that are, we're more fair-minded than the Thessalonians because they receive the word with all joy, but they search the scriptures to see whether or not these things are true. Listen to what people say. Go, oh, that's interesting. Well, I've never heard generational curses before. That's interesting. Let me look it up. And now you search the scriptures to see if they're true. And it means that you're skeptical when something new is given. Uh, I, I like what Greg Laurie says. If it's new, it's not true. And if it's true, it's not new. Doesn't mean it's not new to you because it might very well be, but it's not going to be new. The Bible is going to already cover it. The Bible says in Galatians, if anybody brings to you anything that we have not already covered, let them be accursed. If somebody brings to you something that they say, look, this is new. This isn't in the Bible. This is new. God gave it to me. It's a special revelation from God. And it's not in the Bible. God gave it to me. You know, it's not true. And through matter of use, you get your discernment working. And, you know, there are some people and I, you know, you might be one of these people and I'm, you, I'll just say it, uh, that just don't have discernment. There are some people that just seem to go from one false doctrine to another false doctrine to another false doctrine. And as a pastor, that's some of the hardest and most frustrating things for me. Because, you know, I know a whole church that got caught up in the faith movement. God never wants you sick. God always wants you rich. It's all about money and it's all real worldly. And they finally rejected that. They, they turned away from it. They said, this is wrong. It's carnal. It's ungodly. We're not going to do it. But they went right into another false teaching. And it's, it's like, why? Why would you go from one false teaching to another? It's not the false teaching, I think, that they needed to really work on. It was their discernment that they would go, we need to go to the truth. We need to go to what's really true and hang on to what the truth is. And so this fifth and final was, you guys need to exercise through matter of use, your discernment. So when false teachers come along, you go, no, this is what the Bible says. This is solid. This is true. This is what the word of righteousness says. And I am not going to be swept away by it. And in closing, if it was bad for them, the Judaizers and the Gnostics were two of the very first false teachings to hit the church. And they were effective. And if it was bad for them, how much harder is it for us? Because the Bible says in the last days, false teachings and false teachers are going to arise. And men are going to stack up for themselves teachers who will tickle their ears. How much more difficult is it for us? Because there are far more false teachings for us. Therefore, we need to take the meat of the Word of God. We need to listen to God. We need to grow up and we need to mature in Him. We need to become skilled in the word of righteousness and exercise our discernment. And if we do that, we are not going to be like the, the early Jewish Christians that fell into this false teaching. All right, stand with me and let's pray. I'm four minutes late. Father, we want to thank you again, Lord, for your word. We thank you for the work that you are doing within us. And we pray that we would not be open and susceptible to false doctrine. We want to be those who discern the truth. We want to know what the basic principles, elements, what the milk of the Word of God is, but we want to move on from that into those things that really matter to the meat of the Word of God, 
that we would never be those that would be led astray and into some kind of false doctrine because we want to be used by you. And we thank you for this. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. We pray that the Lord is speaking to you in a personal way here at Practical Christian Living. If you'd like to hear more of Robert Furrow's teachings, visit calvarytucson.com. For our local listeners, Calvary Tucson is open and holding physical services while being mindful of social distancing guidelines. Our East Campus at Speedway and Camino Seco meets Saturdays at 6 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 9.45 a.m. Our West Campus, south of Palo Verde and I-10, meets Sunday mornings at 8.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. Our midweek service times are Wednesday evening at 6 p.m. at our East Campus and 7.15 p.m. at our West Campus. If you prefer, you can watch our service online at live.calvarytucson.com and also on our Facebook page and YouTube channel. Our online campus is available during East Campus service times. If Practical Christian Living Radio has blessed you and you'd like to donate, please visit pclaz.org. That's pclaz.org, where you can make a secure one-time donation or sign on to become a monthly partner on a reoccurring basis. Have you accepted Jesus into your life or have questions about salvation? Email us at saved at calvarytucson.com. And don't forget to follow us on social media, Instagram at Calvary Tucson and Facebook at Calvary Chapel Tucson. We want to remind our local listeners that you can watch Practical Christian Living Sunday mornings at 8.30 on Kgun 9 TV. May we walk worthy while we wait for the return of our Savior. Thank you for joining us for Practical Christian Living.